Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Hello, and welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around, we're in this lovely living room face to face, which is so great. And we're on part three of our little mini-series talking about the Shining Ones, or our gods and goddesses. I'm Margot. And I'm Maeve. Gwen. And I'm Brian. So yeah, third part, as we've discussed in the previous ones, I brought this up. It's in Druidry, we have nature spirits, ancestors, and what we refer to as Shining layman's terms, it's god and goddesses. I think we use Shining Ones to be gender neutral as possible because there's all sorts of gods and goddesses out there which I don't think they necessarily identify as any particular gender. So yeah, here we are. This is not going to be an all-informative deep dive in any particular god or goddess. We each may have our own pantheon. I don't know if any of you guys even have pantheons. We'll soon find out. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a general scraping of what we... Our thoughts on gods and goddesses are... And there's also the age-old question of, are they all individual gods and goddesses? Or are they all what is, and we just put the names and the faces to who we need or who we connect with at that time? That stuff is really debated. Me and Michael Vanderhoek highly disagree on that. I'm a strong believer that gods and goddesses are personifications of thoughts, ideals, beliefs, feelings, that sort of thing. I don't necessarily think there's room up there with five or six guys sitting around playing poker (laughs) wondering if you're cheating on your taxes or not. They don't care about that. (laughs) But I, I believe that those entities have power. I just don't think they're sitting around wondering what in the world, how many times somebody masturbates or who's having an abortion or any of that <laughs> mumbo jumbo. That's all human foolishness. Yeah, exactly. That's all human foolishness. It's an interesting question because I do, in the broadest sense, think it's all from one source and it's different faces and different attributes. But I also feel that each one of those faces and our attributes and our gods or goddesses as you may see them then take on a whole life of their own 
they have a whole a whole life of their own. So even though they're part of that original, you know, the, the original source to me, they still are individualistic coming from that source. Maybe in a way almost like when you have a baby. You all come from like you got three kids. You all come from the same source, but you're still three individuals. Yes. Much like I that. I really like that. That's a good that way to analogy. Put that. Yeah. I really like that analogy. So then there is the question, Mike's vision, I'm going to guess then, is that the Shining Ones are independent of human interaction with yes. them. Yeah. Whereas if you have a vision of them coming from the same source, they could be independent of human interaction, but also they could be a manifestation of our thoughts and feelings that we project onto them. We create a box... I'm going to use the term box. We create a container and that container becomes, it comes out of the story of Athena bursting from Zeus's head or, or whatever, you know, whatever the origin story is, then that story gets fleshed out. And so the creative process of people interacting with that story and then having individual interactions with that thought form egregore that is fueled by divinity, divine power, divine source takes on those characteristics but also there is egregores that then become self-directed right so even if they're human thought created and there's a a container created that they fill then they become autonomous Mm -hmm. afterwards right Mm -hmm. you know there's also that sort of thought I'm not jumping on either side of the fence but (laughs) I just I'm I'm always um well, there is, a, there is a belief that's similar to ancestors as discussed in the previous episode, that gods and goddesses only are as strong as their believers. Yeah. That they only have strength because people believe in them. Mm-hmm. Much like the fairy where you have to clap. If no one's believing in them, then they have no power. They have no say. They have no control. Sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting that you say that? Because... I will admit my ignorance here. And when, when we, I saw the topic for today, I'm like, the Shining Ones, why do we... We're not talking about that David Eddings novel. <laughs> so I'm like, I've never... I guess I wasn't paying attention to the term. And again, in, in a David Eddings novel, they were going to this place where were these, these gods that no one worshipped anymore. So they were just these hollow shells and had no power. Right. Just, it's interesting that it was all in the same series of books. Yeah. Anyway. I do wonder that sometimes because I do on the radio show, you know, a god or goddess of the week. Because I have a Telesco's 365 goddesses and I pick the one from that day. But I often try to find either a corresponding cultural one or something very different. You know, like one that you don't hear about like who the heck is this and you read about them and then you wonder and i have wondered it's like does that framework of that old god or goddess even exist anymore because no one's heard of them no one's probably paying attention to them like there's a thousand people praying to apollo or odin or you know more popular ones of today but you know the ones that are long gone came before them it's very interesting to me i think about that anyway that's totally Often, often left feels very, no, very no, weird it's, way. It's, but it's true in the sense of in the relationship between deity and us, we are important. Mm-hmm. 
because the manifesting, like you were saying, the belief gives them the power to manifest Mm -hmm. in this world. Yeah. It's a tough one, right? It is very interesting. And I'm now I'm thinking very deeply. <laughs> I'm starting to, my brain is going way off on tangents that are just way too. It's the drinks. It's yeah. the drinks. <laughs> oh, it's, it's well, the that drink. might have affected you, but well, I'm a professional. <laughs> Well, you know what? I really must say, I, I must give a, a, a real kudos over there to Brian for that time when we finally were meeting in person in my backyard. You bought that big jug of sangria. It's like, I want to drink at every one of our podcasts. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Yes, we're, we're very grateful that, we, that you purchased that book. Yes. <laughs> so, as you were mentioning, though, it's funny because I've mentioned in the past one of the Celtic gods that Karen and I worship is uh, Granis. He is a god of mm-hmm. bathing, self care. And every time I mention it on an episode, and I'll, it'll happen again, I'll get four or five people messages like, Who's this? What's the name again? Granis. Oh, Granis. Oh, I thought like, you were I'm, saying Granis. It's like, oh, I want to know all about him. And it's Grannis. like, Unfortunately, there isn't a whole lot about him. Mm. So every time you sort of say it or mention it, a few more people may like, oh, that's sort something. Sort of latch on Yeah, I didn't, know, yes. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Well, you know what? You need to send that name the spelling to, to yeah. our, our <laughs> little messenger. Well, I, I, we have a little blog post in the Grove of Nova Scotia group. I just send And that's literally all the information we've ever been able to find. But hey, we really like baths. There's a Celtic gods about baths. That's for us. That's, that's <laughs> right. Okay. Now, that, that's an interesting Again, in the relationship with deity, other religions have sacred revealed texts, right? Mm. So deity says this, and they have the sacred text that backs that up. We have story and tradition, and then, but we also believe and value our personal relationships with deity, however it manifests to us. But we do not assume when we speak to deity or deity speaks to us, I guess, that that necessarily is to be shared. Or if it's shared, we don't we don't assume that it will have value universally. And I noticed that a lot of current writing on the subject, they'll say deity says this. And it will have UPG after it, which is unverified personal gnosis. Well, I guess Joan of Arc had a whole lot of UPG because nobody but Joan knew what she and God said to each other. Well, well, that is interesting you say that because when you were saying should it be shared, made me think of Our Lady of Lourdes, made me think of Fatima, you know, all of these different places where, you know, people have had, you know, in say the Christian faith, people have had their visions and their images and they had to tell everybody. Where we, it's like, oh, I'm not sharing that name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, and especially when it's really personal and you're getting a smack upside the head. That's it. Well, especially, when getting, especially when you're getting the smack down. <laughs> it's like, smart up. But no, it, it is, I think that is one thing because it goes to what you were saying because we don't have a straight out dogma. We don't have, you know, those kind of texts, you know, where a mystery religion and a mystery can mean something different to everyone. But when these things do come through, it is a very personal. A lot of the time it's not, you need to go forth and tell everybody. It's nothing like that. It's, this is what we're, this is for you. It's very interesting. And I think that's the appeal of this path as well, is 
that we are responsible for doing the work ourselves. We are not sitting around waiting for somebody to interpret texts mm -hmm. and then enlighten us with their findings. It's up to us to create our relationship with deity and to interpret that relationship for us as individuals. Yeah. Because even in, as we all well know, if we do a circle and a working with a particular deity, we are all going to get different information. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember one circle we had when one of our friends, we were working with that deity in that circle that one time, and that's cool. It was her ritual, and she wanted to do a ritual to this particular deity, and that's excellent. I'm up for anything. And that deity was not that nice to me. It really wasn't. It was. It gave me a whole lot of... She was almost... She was bordering on disparaging to me. It's like, okay! <laughs> <laughs> I guess she doesn't think much of me, or maybe she's smacking me a little too hard in this message. It's like, okay. Maybe not. <laughs> it's very interesting. Oh no, she's always super loving. Well, she wasn't that loving to me. <laughs> and not not that it was bad or anything. And maybe I just wasn't in the mood to hear, you know, to hear that. <laughs> but that's that's an, that's one thing with Dean that a couple weekends ago I had a little chat with my the minister of my mother's church, Anakin Church, because they were doing this wonderful nature church thing, which was kind of an ecumenical. They had a Buddhist lady there. I was mighty impressed with this United Miss Anakin minister put this thing on. And it was, you know, everyone there was going, because most of the Christians were saying that uh, they had a hard time reconciling, you know, the Bible and in the church and nature. How did they twine the two together? And I said to him, I always had a hard time with that strict dogma. This was easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I know there was another point I was going to make, but we'll be fine. I tell you that drink, man. <laughs> it was only one shot. Yes, but I'm a lightweight, man. <laughs> I'm a total lightweight. You know, everything different to everybody. Yeah. And and the message you get, and I know there was a point and it's going to come to me as soon as, but that was very interesting, him and I talking. When I said no, I said, that hard dogma, I said, I haven't heard. I, that was someone telling me all that and that. I will say, you know, that whole, the concept of this part's only good and you need that bad guy to explain the bad things in the world. Right, right. We don't really have that. No. All the good and the bad comes, can come from your most beloved god or goddess. So I, I find that it's like, I don't know why they don't give, pardon me, in, in the, you know, in the monotheistic faiths, I don't know why they don't give the devil his total due. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's always this big conflicty and, oh no, you know, the, the God, God is always wonderful and merciful and loving and which is garbage, <laughs> uh, which is not always true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and only the devil is, is the bad thing. I, I, I find that, no, we, you get the good and the bad from your goddess not you know it's like yeah we have gods of oh yeah that earthquake and that hurricane and that that that's not some bad work of the devil that we we got some well and that's that. the funny thing devil's in charge of rock and roll and sex like, pestilence <laughs> plagues and earthquakes that's all god's to me rock and roll and sex <laughs> it's true i was gonna say like 
what you were saying earlier, it's like all our gods and goddesses have pluses and flaws, and it's like Zeus is the poster child of that statement. (laughs) (laughs) Zeus is primarily flaws. Yes. (laughs) But he's still supposed to be king of the gods. Yeah, exactly. I always thought Hades should have gotten way more than him, because you know what? Zeus might be the god of the earth and all that, and the people that are on it. But Hades the god is the god of everybody who's ever lived and is dead. I always thought he had a far, far larger following. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had far more. He had far more, you know, far more street cred. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you? And this is a bit of a personal question. But do you guys follow a particular pantheon, or do you guys sort of pick and pluck? to what appeals to you for any given ritual moment time. I'm an eclectic. Yeah. And I do have a couple, like a couple of gods and goddesses that I do work with fairly regularly. But I certainly will, if I need something else, I will look around and I will see what I can find. Or maybe tonight we need this energy, something new, something different. And a lot of times it's in the archetype. Yeah. You know, it's like, I need to explore this. You know, this goddess isn't what I see. Now, that just might be my own limited mindset. Right. That I cannot, like some people will go to one god or goddess for everything, where I tend not to. Right. And so that just could be my my own my own limited thinking. But I will explore others if there's an archetype that I'm finding is not happening. And the other thing that people need to know is that certain gods and goddesses can come and go from our lives depending yep. on well that's on what I'm what phase you're in in your life finding now that you know I I worked with Persephone for so many years and for very obvious reasons but I'm feeling that I'm coming out of that cycle now and I am very curious to see who will present themselves next because I have no preconceived ideas of where this is going to go next. It's kind of exciting actually to me. And it's going to have to be something I set out to consciously do. It's not going to just come. Well, now that I've said that, it probably will come smack me outside. <laughs> you're going to be at work tomorrow and it's going to come to you. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And I am much like Maeve. I will, if I'm working, doing a working or I'm challenged by something in my life, I will look for an appropriate deity to help me with that. And I think if this deity comes from a different pantheon, that doesn't lessen their value at all or, or their, their power and their skills. So at different times in my life, I have worked with various deities. And when I look back, so it was 86 when I first kind of came to this realization that this was a thing. And I would have been 23. But 10 years before that, and before I'd watched Robin or Sherwood, (laughs) I had dreams of Kurninos. I had dreams at 13, 14, 15 of a stag-headed figure that were not frightening but not comforting. So I don't I didn't work with him, but he was disturbing my sleep. Mm. He was disturbing my sleep and I had a lot of psychic activity at that time, which I don't necessarily, you know, when you read 
things about Kernanos that I don't really associate that with psychic work. I don't associate that with astral travel or any of the things that were happening. I think you could associate that with puberty. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you're about 13 years old and puberty well, and all exactly. that's coming in and he's a very procreation kind of Well, uh, exactly. I mean, I, you know, in high school, I was the kind of kid that read Freud. So... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I thought I was a pervert. But then, <laughs> in my 20s, I started reading Carl Jung, and I thought, no, you're just magical. That's, you're just magical. That's so much better than being a pervert, right? Um, and I have worked with various gods and goddesses over the time I say various. A few, a few more closely in my own personal practice. But I have really come to a place where I... Um, my polytheism is quite soft, and I see the world in a pantheistic way that it is pregnated with divinity. And that the way I think about it is that our human minds are too... It is hard to connect with a divinity that is so vast that from time to time, I have to access that archetype, mm. that... And, and I see divinity as that archetype. And I see that that is very often the way that, you know, my small mind can create a relationship you with just, divinity. You just put into words a thought that, I, that I've often, that I've felt more than thought. You just put it into words. It's so vast that the only way you can grasp yeah. is in those archetypes. And, and that's why there is just... That's why these pantheons are so big. And that's why also people come from different places. People have different experiences. People have a relationship with a specific God does not fit everyone because we're all starting from different places. And although we're all on a similar trajectory, how we get there and what's what we value on our journey there is different for everybody. So being able to just plug into deity in the area that is most fulfilling for you works best for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's very interesting, Margaret, when you're saying the person that will come to you because sometime in the last year and a half, again, it's COVID times run together when a couple people were thinking about a, a, a goddess for a different time in their life, a group of us. And I was very surprised it came to me. But it was someone I never thought of. Ever, ever, ever. They came into my life. 
that, that particular goddess. And it was because it, it, it really goes with what I'm going through now at this phase of my life. I mean, I'll say it out loud. I'm 54 years old and all of that. And my kid has grown. And, but it was no one I ever would have thought of. But it came to me as opposed to me actively. You know what I mean? It's the person that came. That's very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Now, some gods and goddesses are known to come knocking at your door versus waiting for you to come to them. Some gods and goddesses are known for breaking down your door. Yeah. <laughs> while they mess up the kitchen. <laughs> like examples like Odin and Morrigan, for example, there's a long history of them just sort of barging in, taking over, mm-hmm. telling you what to do, not really giving you a whole lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> and off you go. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's interesting though that there especially one particular goddess has been with me. If I'd have known I was a pagan when I was a teenager, I mean, I was, but I didn't know. Yeah. Right, right. But I would say that goddess has been with me since I was a teenager. And she is still with me. And I've discovered more sides of her as time has gone on, you know, more than the the, the basic bullfinch definition, bullfinch's right. mythology, because what was there back then, right? You know, right. Yeah. You know, the bullfinch's mythology, she's been there. And, and even that, different parts of her evolved as I've grown. So, Brian, you're next. <laughs> well, so early on in Druidry, I had done some research and I seeked out Lou because it was the most connected one for me, master of crafting, that sort of thing. And then unfortunately, when my when my mother passed away, that's when Morgan came knocking and sort of decided what my path was going to be for a while. But every once in a while, like from that point on, I hear the anvil of Bridget knock. And so I've, I'm kind of leaning towards that a little bit as well. I haven't done a lot of research, but she keeps popping up in important parts of my life. There'll be a statue or a book or someone will mention it at an off comment. It just keeps coming up over and over and over. So. And then uh, Granis is something Karen and I share. G-R-A-N-N-U-S. Granis. Yeah. And they're, they're a god of bathing? <laughs> well, it's a Celtic god of self self care, um, hot springs, hot baths. Yeah, it's very little known about. Isn't that interesting? His, his image appears three times in the lands, very close to hot springs, near Bath, say in England, and places like exactly. that. Oh, yeah, isn't that neat? I guess I, I'm going to be looking that up tonight. <laughs> See? I, I, a new yeah. follower. Uh, yes. <laughs> have a back. To have a, well, you know what? It's like, could be someone who was forgotten, and now they're going to get yeah. all these followers. <laughs> but that's that's part of Karen and I's a little daily ritual. We have a bath every day. I do like a bath. I foolishly have a tub too big for myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was How my husband's fault. Too big of a tub. How, how it's not even possible. Long to wait to, for it to fill. No, it's not that. It's when we built the house. My husband said, "I want a bathtub that I can lay in." And the house was built. He was six foot two and all legs, and he wanted a tub that he could lay in. I said, "Why don't we just get you know a standard bathtub? Is five feet?" He said, "Want we get five and a half foot?" No, I want the six foot tub. Well, I got a friggin' six-foot tub, but 
my toes barely touch and the back of my head is barely touching one end and to get enough water to cover you me in know about practically bath, drowning bath accessories it's too get a block of wood and put it at the bench so you can it's, put your feet on it it's like oh my god and I do love it but it does take it takes practically the whole water tank <laughs> you don't sound like a very strong believer in granite no <laughs> I do love that until I, and I mean for years and years and years from the time I was you know like 13 years old until I was you know 35 I bathed every you know laying in the tub but now laying in the tub is more of a treat because it's oh my god this thing. <laughs> I'm drowning in my tub <laughs> I got one of those outflow covers yeah. yes. for my tub because you can that? get you know that at the foot of your tub there's that little silver part where, the it, sil- where it will yeah. drain oh, okay. yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's this like silicone cover you put on it so you can get another like four inches of water so what Margo is saying is she's a follower of Loki and is just inviting the chaos <laughs> <laughs> and being on the top floor yeah. it's oh, yes. the people below her that will yeah. suffer it's not her problem and I do love laying in the tub truly Yes. But not, and if I, you know, it's like it has to be after everybody else is in bed, and oh, you got to wait till the water. T- well, no, it's and, and the water tanks kind of fill back up because other people have been. No, what the thing is is, other people have had a shower right before me. I got to wait for the water tanks to fill back. <laughs> you need a better water. I need a like I guess a, that's a, another beauty one. of living in an apartment. Yes, yeah. there's uh, we we have we have solar water. Oh, right. solar powered water, so like we can fill our top twenty times. It's yeah, super amazing. hot anytime. It's a. Do you have a water tank? I have, a, I have a great water tank. It's uh, it's oil fired, so it's almost instant. Oh, yeah, I know my. my uh, it's a heat on demand kind of thing. No, no, it, it's a forty gallon, but oil fired over electric is oh. very fast. It's much faster. I know a number of people with heat on demand, and I we did consider it, but yeah, I think sometimes you know you if you don't have that external stop, yeah. it's good to have a tank that runs out, yeah, right? Yeah. Because sometimes we just don't monitor ourselves that well. Yeah, yeah. And a heat on demand might never get out of the shower, right? Yeah, there's like four people in my house and it's going crazy. And anyway, but that's good. Okay, back to- <laughs> I do love to lay in the tub. I've even got a fan and everything. It's wonderful. But uh, where were we? <laughs> We're talking about different uh, pantheon. When I first came to paganism, or you started practicing, it would have been in the late 80s. I was about 21-ish, 89 kind of idea. And I thought that I had to pick a pantheon. Yeah. Don't feel oh, you, don't you have, have to, to do that. I did, I thought. And I'm like, well, the very first experience I ever had, of course, was Greco-Roman. You know, kind of idea, this and that, and but I thought, no, well, what is my bloodline, and what is this? And as you know, as a maritimer, our bloodline is ten different things. You know, we're settlers here, and so many different DNA strains in each of us. And then I thought, well, you know, that isn't quite doing it for me because I like this one over here, and that speaks to me, and this speaks to me, and so I finally said, stick this. <laughs> I'm just gonna, <laughs> just you know, I'm gonna do it, but speaks to me i was trying to fit a square peg in a round hole right and then i thought okay i better you know i'm gonna follow because you know over here nova scotia and gonna you know follow a celtic kind of 
but no. Now the hern, you say crenonos, I often, you know, hern, hern. same thing, depending on yeah. whether you're continental or British Isles. It's funny, I, hern Druid, has always been with me. At Druid Fest this summer, Michael Van Hook gave an entire workshop on how to pronounce his Okay, name. so you tell me. Well, no, no, you have to ask me. <laughs> I still okay. get it wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm uh, sure no. I... Hern's been with me, yes. you know, from the beginning, and, uh, and Diana's been with me from the beginning. But which is, you know, you've got that Celtic and yet you've got that Greco Roman kind of deal going on. Anyone Actually, out there listening, you can switch it around. I, I almost, because I'm always the one that draws parallels where none exist. So in Norse pantheons, you have the Aesir and the Vineyard, right? And the Vineyard is the land deities. Mm-hmm. And the Aesir are the are things like wisdom and all those sorts of things. And I almost think that you've made that division. Hearn yeah. oh. is your land base, right? He's the god of the wild wood and whatever, and the land of your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And the other, the Greco-Roman, is you know that's kind of where our our abstract, our thought, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. It's almost that same division Isn't as the Norse pantheon um, that they that they cover that. And it, to me, it is also interesting because often when people make those divisions, they think of one as masculine and one as feminine. And the masculine will be that frontal lobe thinking, that abstract thinking and all that sort of thing. But it's your goddess that represents those characteristics and the god, which is the land deity. Isn't that interesting? Even so, though Diana is a... Uh, a huntress. Yes. But she's, you know what I mean? But she's she the huntress. She's not the creator of the animal in yeah. the forest and all of that. It's very interesting. And even so, I still have, like, Kuan Yin. Yes. It's still that mercy and compassion. I mean, not that I don't find I get mercy and compassion from Diana, but not really, necessarily. <laughs> she, she's, 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 she's a moving, moving and shaking kind of girl. Yeah. She, well, she's the one that... Yeah, you're hurt. Bandage that up and get your butt in gear. And Whereas I think Kuan Yin would be the goddess that would sit with you. Yes, absolutely. And and you say that. That's very interesting. That's how I was raised. Yeah. You may be hurting and you can sit there and you can cry for a little bit, but that's enough. Or yes, you may have got a bad cut or whatever, but bandage that up and get moving. That's how I was raised. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I never put two and two together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and even so, and there is even, even Kali Ma is still kind of there, that that whole, she, she's there too, but Kuan Yin and, and the Demeter. But I discovered, I hate to say, I found that Diana was sort of taking a back seat for a couple years. And then I read somewhere and, and did a little more research and she's a triple goddess. Mm-hmm. She's the virgin huntress, the lunar virgin huntress, She's the mother of wild creatures, and she's the huntress destroyer, the death goddess too. So I'm like, well, look at that. And then she came shining on the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, what I heard you say is you had like one or two, so you don't have a whole. Well, I, a I whole follow crowd. like I follow like the Celtic pantheon. Okay, but okay. my patrons are okay. Yes, yeah, sort of like your personal, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, but like for our grove, for example, our patron god in the grove is Theranos. He, he's a part of every ritual, and then usually we invite, depending on the, the day, 
Mm-hmm. Now, you know there is no soft C in, Ga- in, in Gaelic. It's supposed to be the hard C. That's why I said I can't pronounce it right. <laughs> it's Kranonos, not Seranos. This should be the Boston Celtics. Not the Boston Celtics. Because <laughs> there's no soft C. <laughs> that's, that's very, very, very cool. But even gods, I have the Hearn. I have my Hearn statue, but I, I'm also an Apollo girl. Yes, you are. That's I right. I am. So I have that very serious contrast there, too. I guess you have that but Diana is Apollo's the sun, too, right? Mm-hmm. It's not land-based. He's, yeah. 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 And, and even, you know, Diana, wrap it up, bandage it up and get going. And Quan, you know, lay down, sit down, and I'll sit with you. And yet there's that other one, that uh, that Kali business world. You know what? Let's just tear the whole shit down and then rebuild it. <laughs> so I got a lot of contrast. Because <laughs> that's me telling about my personality now that we're I'm having a really hard time as an Eden's child not to just yell, Kali mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, would love it. I would love to. I know she's still widely venerated in, in and so is Kuan Yin yes, in, so in their Kuan respective Yin. countries. I would love to go to one of the, to Kali's temple. That would be so mm. interesting to go to the, speak to the people there. But anyway, no one's going anywhere too far in COVID. No. <laughs> Everybody funny. every night prays for that to be over soon, right? Yes. <laughs> to, the, to the shining one of your choice. To yeah. the shining one of your choice. Now, I think we touched upon this already, but a lot of pagans are involved in worship in their practice whatsoever that's a i wouldn't say a newer thing but it's it's a more common thing in witchcraft it has increased and i kind of understand that that again if you're asking for things that you know your ancestors are invested in helping you if you're working to make changes if you're in your life and you're you're working magic then you're most often working with spirits of the land or using the elements and the spirits of the plants and that sort of thing um, that you're working with. So you're making relationships with those entities. And so if I'm using mugwort, I, I make that request of the mugwort to help me. I was, and pardon my ignorance, I, I'd heard of this, but I hadn't really talked to anybody who was practicing that way. So this is how they do it. Then obviously they work with more spirits of the land and plants and ancestors and ancestors oh that sounds very nice i would say my group practice most often involves deity but my personal practice again i recognize that i am a small part in a enchanted universe but when i I'm asking for things. I'm speaking to ancestors. I'm speaking to plants. I'm speaking to the animals or the spirit, nature spirits around me, that sort of thing. It's easier to for me to have a relationship with something that is here in front of me. Absolutely. I totally that that, yeah, that can be. That makes, it, it is easy. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Well, another interesting time sitting around talking about about our lives and being modern pagans and i just love our (laughs) get-togethers and i hope you all out there love our get-togethers too because we certainly enjoy doing all this and sharing it with you so we're getting ready here to close up so if you have any questions or comments you can contact us through our facebook page and i believe we have instagram now yes we have an instagram it's just three witches and a druid three witches or six posts 
We have posts? Yeah. I don't even know. You, you look up Instagram online, you got to make an account you to get in there? App, you have an app on your phone. I don't have an app on my phone. You have a Nokia phone. <laughs> Do you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that everybody texts, I'd probably still have an old flip phone uh, or a landline. You can uh, contact us with questions or comments. Give us lots of thumbs up and stars. And I'd like to thank our Patreons who are helping us to give our editor coffee, coffee, which is very great to us, which is wonderful. Three Witches and a Druid Podcast would like to take a moment to thank our amazing Patreon supporters. Today, we shout out to Danny, Tania, Sarah, Lore, Kay, Linda, and Jennifer. Without your generous support and contributions, we couldn't bring you this magical content. And we thank you for listening. And until next time, everybody, merry meet, merry Mary heart, heart, and merry meet again. Blessings Blessings be. Be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.